Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first Pro Box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. Hey everybody, welcome back to Ike Live. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. I know we are. Pete, good show so far. Great, uh, great interview. Great interview. You know, we've we've had some guests on over the years where there was a bit of controversy tied into it, mm -hmm. and this is one of the hotter ones we've had. Uh, but I felt like I felt like Fletcher handled, handled himself well, yeah. mm -hmm. and he answered a lot of the questions that people wanted to wanted to know about, and and, and we go on with it. You know. He, he was bold in yeah. not, not only saying what he said, but coming on to defend it and talk about it. I, yes. You know, applaud him for, you know, being, you know, brave enough to do that and yeah. handling it well. Yeah. It's hard to do that. And and that's one of the things you got to admit this, Brian DeCarpenter and Ridge, yes. you got to admit this. He made that post and he never took it down. Right. Never took the post down. Right. This is true. He didn't. He did leave them up. He didn't delete. Uh, you know, like he didn't mass delete comments. He stayed stuck to his ground. You got to give him credit for that. No, uh, abso absolutely. And you know what? Like I said, I didn't, I didn't like the post. I didn't agree with the post, but that's his opinion. Yeah. He stuck by it, and um, I think he did a decent job of clarifying it because it was a cryptic post, and yeah, um, it is what it is. We we all said our piece, and uh, let us move on. You know what I like about BTC? Yes. Yeah. He is the ultimate defender. Of the Ike Live brands and the Bash University I brands like that. out on yeah. social media. I like that, too. He does Wolf. not let anybody get away with any negativity no. Very Jay us. Spiegel in his opinions. Yes. Well, I, I like mean, that. he's a shark. I got a, yep. I got a, a low tolerance for stupid. <laughs> I'll just be honest. If they're, if they're right That's about really it, true. <laughs> if they're right about it, they're right about it. But if it's just a, a flawed opinion, I'm going to express where I see their flaws and... We'll see if we can work it out. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Yeah. That's the way it should be. I appreciate be. you. That's the way it should be. Uh, listen to me. If you're watching right now and you're still over there on Facebook Live, um, like and share the post. If yes. you like and share the post, we're going to enter you in a contest that we're going to announce in our third segment. You're going to win one of these amazing Ike Live gift bags. Perfect time to win this thing right around the holidays. It's loaded with uh, Ike Live sponsor products, everything from... Liquid Mayhem, Dr. Squatch, Primal Alert Foods, uh, Flan uh, Flambo, Founders, Hobie. There's a Hobie in there, I think, somewhere. Uh, MTB. It's all in there. Uh, so if you're on Facebook, like and share the and, post. And, and coming soon, Bass University. Three That's months right. And Bass University. Right. What? Might right. be in there as well. $50 value in itself. Yes. Let me also remind you, you see a lot of Ike Live hats tonight. If you're interested, Ike Live hat would make a great holiday gift. I'd love to have that thing in your stocking. Uh, you can go to MikeIconelli.com shop and get the Ike Live hats right now. Actually, they're available on IkeLive.com as well. Oh, yeah. if you want to get the hats? And Peter, yeah, Bash Peter University, a little Bash University. Bash uh, University Cyber Week ends tomorrow night, guys. It's the biggest sale uh, that we ever have uh, going on right now. Annual subscribers, ninety-nine dollars for the year. It ends tomorrow wow. night. 
Uh, so many people have signed up and uh, just want to welcome everybody to be part of the program. I know you're going to love it. Let us know. We have the forum. You can talk to us. Uh, you can talk to us on social, but we know you're going to love it. But check it out. It ends tomorrow night, midnight, Pacific time. Go to bashu.tv. It's actually a really good deal, dude. That's less yeah. than $10. And it's so worth that's, it. That's a less than $10 a month. Yeah. yeah. Dude, think about that. That's like two bags of Senkos, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's watching this podcast or listening to this podcast right now, you got to check out Bashu. It will absolutely make you a better fisherman. Just take 10 minutes of your time, you know, whether it's 10 minutes, a half hour, 45 minutes, and replace some of that TV time and sit down and, and learn something from the best anglers yeah. in the world. You're going to learn from guys like Ike and KVD and Gerald Swindle and Greg Hackney and Brandon Polinick. And, um, you know, it's going to help you catch more bass. So yeah. check it out. Check it out. Now, speaking of learning, Pete, I love BU and I love what we do at BU, but our next guest. Brian the Carpenter. Yes. I couldn't think of a better a, a teacher of fishing. Also a BASU instructor. Also a BU instructor than Joe Baylog. Mm-hmm. Joe, as a communicator of fishing, and mm-hmm. especially techniques, and now a little bit uh, later in his career, other stuff, but a communicator in the sport, he's one of the best, dude. He's always been. He, for years and years, he's been one of the best. He, he delivers the message extremely well. He he, uh, he still gets compliments on some of the stuff that he did for us, uh, in particular with smallmouth. And, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing communicator, uh, which is why we saw his article on Bass Fan, and we're really excited to talk to him tonight. Big time, big time. All right, joining us right now, and I think Brian's got him dialed up on Skype. Uh, once again on the show. Okay, remember, it's been a while since Joe's been on, but we've got him here again tonight. The one and only Joe Baylog, everybody on Ike Live tonight. Joe. How do I look? You look awesome, handsome. man. Very <laughs> handsome. I got to say, my Skyping is not at its peak performance. That's okay. Ours isn't either. <laughs> How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. Good to see you guys again. I love your show. You know, I love anything. I'm a bass junkie from way back, but I've, I've always been fans of both your careers and, and everything that you've put together has been has been really cool. It's it's great to be involved again. I just love it. I appreciate it. Now, I, I here's the big question. A lot of our fans and listeners know you and they follow your stuff. Of course, they follow your blogs on Bass Fan and they're and they've got the same question I have. How has the move been? You're a Lake Erie guy. You're a smallmouth guy. It's in your blood. And now you're in the state of Florida. How's things going down in Florida? Oh, it's wonderful. You know, it wasn't by accident that we we came to Florida. I've always uh, I've made fishing a career one way or another for 25 years. And and uh, the relocation actually helped me. It was it was tough getting away from, you know, some of my involvement with the Great Lakes fishing scene and really kind of expanding, doing more saltwater stuff and bass stuff. But some of my biggest memories, fondest memories of bass fishing were coming to Central Florida and bass fishing with my dad when I was 10, 12, 14 years old. And, yeah. and you know, everything goes around, comes around. My dad's coming tomorrow night to bass fish with me on some of those same lakes. You know, so it's just, it's been a real completion to uh, to a lot of my fishing life. And, and um, I still get chills when I go to some of these places, you know, thinking about catching the biggest fish in, in the world. So. Yeah. So I just I just love Florida, you know. I I, I kind of fishing up north kind of ran its course. Um, there's no place like Lake St. Clair and Lake Erie for smallmouth. I mean that's that's always the way it's been and always the way it will be. But there's also few places that are as hard on you. So yeah. So it's nice to fish out of a little aluminum boat and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. 
and stay in calm water. Yeah, and it's great. It's great that you're getting a chance to fish with your dad. Like I, I got a chance to fish with my uncle Don about three, four weeks ago in a tournament on the Delaware River. And you know wow. exactly what you said. Talk about coming full circle. You know, it's the place, the Delaware Schuylkill River, Delaware River. That's where he took me when I was a kid, bank fishing. You know, and all these years later, getting to fish a tournament with him in a bass boat and and watching him catch three pounders, it's so cool. It's special to see that happen, you know? Yeah, you know, and that's that's one thing I think part of, you know, writing is just a small portion of what I do and uh, but it's it's a real reflective you know way of doing things and and, and part of my job. So I, maybe it's just my life, but I've had a lot of time where I spend a lot of time thinking about you know what's important in life and and uh, what fishing really means to me. And the older you get, the more you start to realize that it really means time with other people. It means you know accomplishments that you share with other people. Um, I've had some incredible days in the boat with my wife. That's just been fantastic. But fishing with my dad, I mean, it's really um, you know, like any other father-son relationship, it's been back and forth. But now that we're both older and more mature, we appreciate certain things, and, yeah. and we're we're making a commitment to do it more. Yeah. So, so uh, he comes down here every couple of months to fish with me. So I just I'm taking it while I can. Wow, that's awesome. All right, now I asked Fletcher the same question. He made the move from Ohio to Gunnersville. I got to mm-hmm. ask you the same question. Give me one thing you miss about living up north. And give me one thing you don't miss about living up north. Okay, don't miss first. I don't miss anything to do with pleasure boats or <laughs> jobbing nooner or the air show or anything that happens on Lake St. Clair or the Western Basin of Lake Erie that involves every other boat in the world but fishermen. Wow, I don't yeah, one. I can relate to that. Um, yeah, yeah I thought about that for 20 years. Uh, the thing I miss probably the most... Uh, it has to be duck hunting. Ooh. You know, there's nothing like duck hunting on the on the Great Lakes area. And I used yeah. to hunt on Clear Flats and went up there this fall to hunt with my buddies. Um, you know, and we just we had a blast. So I, I probably miss duck hunting the most. What what have you thought about shooting coots down in Florida? <laughs> no, and there is some duck hunting in Florida, but it's it's just one of those things, you know. Until you're until you're somewhere where it's raining and freezing and driving rain and there's ice on the dog and the mallards are pouring in, you haven't duck on it. Yeah, so yeah. a different flyway that's too. That's a whole different deal. So, so that's that's what I like anyway. You know, it depends where you're brought up and where you start things. That's where you always yeah. think best. Yeah. Well, I I got to tell you, I want to jump into it. Um, uh, your last article on Bass Fan, I thought it was awesome. It was a great read. I but by the way, and I'm not just puffing you up. I go to, you know, I have this normal thing. Uh, Pete and I both have this normal, like, three or four stop, web stop that we make every morning. You know, and it's like you wake up, you pour right. your coffee, and you make these three or four same stops. You know, mine is like sure. Bass Fan, Bassmaster.com, uh, Major League Fishing, uh, right. Wired to Fish. You know, I make my same little stops, and I really, really, really look forward to reading your stuff all the time. So thank you for that. But I, I thought your last article was a great break, uh, you know, from the turbidity of, of – Is that a word? Uh, yes, turbidity. Nice one. Thank you. Of what's been going on lately uh, in the world of fishing, especially from the social media standpoint. You know, obviously 
we had Fletcher on right before you, and we really tried to flush out some of that stuff. But, but in a greater sense, you know, the last six months, eight months, the whole sport has been in a fucking mess. So I, I really loved it because it took a took a, a nice broad view of what was going on. What after you wrote that article, have you gotten comments about it? Are, are we the only ones that loved it, or have you gotten good response from that article? Not, not anything extraordinary. We get a lot of feedback on Bass Fan from some of the stuff I write, um, and and while I do occasionally stir the pot. Um, you know, I try and look and be somewhat objective and try and look at fishing and professional bass fishing kind of with a, uh, an impartial view and, and kind of take a step back because you have to understand is that I'm, I'm kind of involved in fishing in a, in a very unique way and that I've been involved long enough now where, um, you know, I don't want to say that, that I've got it all figured out or anything, but, but like any business, things come and go. And if you work hard at things and you, and you put your time in, you, everything's going to work out in the end. Yeah. Um, so I don't spend a tremendous amount of time worrying about what people think about what I write. Uh, I especially don't really spend hardly any time at all worrying about whether it's going to get me in trouble. Um, a lot of your viewers and a lot of people in the fishing industry will recognize the fact that, that the main outlet that I write for with Bass Fan uh, shares ownership with Major League Fishing. Um, and there has been a lot of stuff that I've written and I've submitted to Bass Fan where they've said, uh, you know, we got to look at this a little bit differently or, or kind of maybe adjust a few things before we can print it. And it's never because they say, oh, you're making Major League Fishing look bad. Right. It's always because I don't write things that are um, based on someone else's hearsay or someone else's opinion. I write my opinions based on what I feel are facts right. or based on what I feel the way I feel in the morning. If I like pepperoni on my pizza that day, I'm going to write it. You know what? I don't care what you say. If you like, right. do, do or don't like it. Um, so so I try and keep things fair. And and, I, and what, what I think that I can do is I can kind of judge all three of these because, meaning the three fishing leagues, because I kind of have seen the inside of a lot of them. You know, I've I've competed at a pretty high level. While I was never an elite fisherman, I, I was an accomplished fisherman at the AAA level, let's say. Um, I've got good friends that have competed for their whole life, you know, at the, at the highest level. I'm involved in the industry. I'm very, my company, Millennium Promotions, is very involved in the sponsorship and the professional fishing side of things, and we manage some of that for companies. Um, and I do media work. So, you know, I've been in the boat in the, in the Bassmaster Classic with guys like, like you guys, and, and with the with Gerald Swin, Gerald Swindle, um, just a few years ago. So I kind of see all sides of this, um, and and while things have been getting blown out of proportion, I think it's fair that everybody's got their own thing that they're doing, and everybody's been successful at certain things, and everybody does something a little bit better than everybody else, and nobody necessarily is right. Right. Um, you know, and maybe I'm kind of going on a tangent here, and I'm I'm kind of I'm. I'm you have to redirect me probably to the question, but, um, you know, the, the whole thing about, um, whether or not we get feedback and whether or not people, uh, you know, are blowing me up as far as things. All right. Not any more than usual, but right. there's something that comes every week that somebody's mad about it, something I write. The, you know, you, you kind of answered this, but I'm surprised that, you know, and I, and I applaud Bass fan for doing it, for letting, cause you said some things that were really pro, uh, Bassmasters in your recent article, and uh, I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised that they just let that go. 
Yeah, it's crazy because if you ask, this is this is right out of the gate. If you ask the tournament uh, people, whether it's the magazine people or the tournament officials or the sponsorship, if you ask them, almost every one of the organizations thinks that I'm unfair to them. Everyone. <laughs> every one of those organizations really walks around with a chip on their shoulder about me, and I purposely try to praise all of them when I feel praises due. Um, you know, and, and it, so, so I can't win. So, so I try and be, you know, somewhat straight about the whole deal, but that's, that's just how it is. And, and when I see things that I think are working, I, I try and make note of that. Major League Fishing's a, a really, and the Bass Pro Tour is a really good example this year. Um, it's given me a lot more to write about, which is great. But there was a couple things that when they came charging out of the gate, that they've already made adjustments and they're already starting to change. And I think that one of the things that they're doing differently compared to some of the more established tournament trails in the past is they're recognizing some things that are wrong or maybe the way the fan base is directing them and they're willing to change um, or it seems to be they're willing to change. You know, they're hyped like anybody else, but but the whole thing is dynamic, and yeah. and the people I don't personally know the people that run the tournament trail or the or the masterminds behind that, but I know they're smart, and I know that they're good at business because any business, especially in the building phase, you have to be dynamic in that state to really you know uh, appeal to your customer base or whatever it is yeah. you're trying to, and they're making changes as they go along, and that's really a good thing. Um, but we're seeing that with everybody now. Everybody's changing now. Was it was it an effect of, of the Bass Pro Tour coming out? A good part of it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, did the sport need it? Possibly. Um, but but you know it's it's easy. You know, on your previous segment with with Fletcher, which I thought he did a great job. I got to say, when he came on, I thought, man, this this kid's dead. Uh, but, <laughs> but, I mean, he was a lot more. Uh, you know, he spoke a lot better than I thought he would. He he was. He, he got himself in a hole. It appears um, that's what social media do for you. You know, it, it's yeah. it's more negative than positive. I can I can tell you that. Um, and and you got to kind of step take a step back, and you got to think about things before you print them. Um, but but probably not to be drawn out on that whole subject. What a lot of people, fans especially, don't realize is that it doesn't matter which tournament trail you fish or whatever it is that you're doing in the fishing industry, um, it's a very, very difficult job. And yeah. every guy that fishes any one of those three major professional fishing tours has made sacrifices above and beyond what 99% of America will ever make for their job. Um, you know, these guys live and breathe fishing more than what most people will ever understand to the point where it consumes them and they're obsessed with it and it runs their lives and it runs the lives of their spouses and their children and their and their parents. Yeah. And it does all yeah. that because unless they're that dedicated, they can't make a living because for every professional bass fisherman there is out there, there's a hundred people trying to get his job every day when he wakes up. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do. Um, so to do that, you have to be 100% workaholic all in and all those guys have made huge sacrifices. The guys that left for the Bass Pro Tour, the guys that stayed, everybody is doing something that most people will never understand. Yeah. So before you go out and say, hey, this guy shouldn't have said that, or, oh, he's you know got this or that, you know, and all these things, and you're sure how it is, call them on Christmas Eve when they're you know 
working on uh, making jig skirts or they're changing treble hooks out on their crankbaits. That's what the life of a Bass Pro is. Yeah. You know, it's not all the sugarcoating things. It's missing graduations. It's missing your buddy's wedding. It's all that stuff because you're so dedicated to your job. Yeah. So it's really easy for people to point fingers. Most people have no idea what it's like to be a professional bass fisher. Yeah, it, it's tough. And that, and I think that's true, too, Joe, with a lot of other sports as well, right? You get that in football and baseball and hockey. It's so easy to sit back from afar and say, they got the greatest job yeah, in the world. you got the right. greatest job in the world. You're yeah. a bum! And it can yeah, be. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's so I, easy I, to say that from afar. But I listen so, to my idiot friends do that every time the Eagles are on every single Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every single one of them exactly. bums it's, is laying on their couch yeah. drinking Miller Lite. Yeah. Trash talking the Eagles receivers. It's very easy to do that. Um, I I do want to jump in a little bit, and and since we just had Fletcher on, I do want to reflect on what he said and get your thoughts on it. I mean, you know, obviously Fletcher is sticking with his, you know, he's sticking by his feelings, which were, you know, here's two guys that left their commitment, right? You know, you you had 80 guys that signed and said, look, we want something better for the sport. You know, we're leaving to create something better for us, for our kids. And then you have two guys that say, you know what? I'm breaking that commitment. I'm leaving. Um, I, I, I want to get your feeling on that because, you know, the other side to that is Gerald and Brandon left for a lot. I mean, they didn't just leave. They left for reasons. And, you know, when I listen to uh, Mark Jeffries and I listen to Luke Duncan – they literally listed them out like it was an outline, right? You know, right. I, you hear Gerald saying, I miss the crowds. I miss the crowd interaction. You heard Gerald saying, I miss the launches. I miss that feeling of, you know, having my mm-hmm. boat number called That's and right. rushing to the spot. You know, you heard, you know, Brandon say, uh, you know, I missed, I missed weighing fish. I missed putting fish in my live well. You heard Brandon say, I miss the exposure I received from other forms, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's print or social. So right. they had a reason as well. And, and and again, not that anybody's right or wrong, but what are your thoughts on Brandon and, and Gerald leaving? Well, I mean, first off, I think that it's important. You know, a, a lot of the stuff that I write or that my column covers are really conversations that at least in my world, seem to be happening on a regular basis, but we don't ever see reported in the media. Um, early on with the Bass Pro Tour, there was, I think, a general understanding of most of the fan base that a lot of the people that left made a very big mistake. Right. Any you know sensible person can tell you that the biggest media company in professional bass fishing, the owner of the biggest name in professional bass fishing, the biggest tournament trail, the whole bit, all belongs to Bassmaster. They had a dozen or so people, tournament competitors, who who seemed to, to command a, a lot of the media attention and got a lot of the media attention, those two guys fitting in that mold. Um, and they went and left that. Yeah. Um, was it a good move for some of the guys? This is all just you know, the back and forth banner of the fan. Was it a good move for some of the guys who maybe were later in their careers, who, who, you know, competitively weren't there, who saw some lack in sponsorship? Yeah. Bass Pro Tour seems like a really good idea for those guys. Was it a good idea for a guy that's two or three years in 
five years in, that's one angler of the year, that's a well-spoken guy with the biggest sponsors in fishing who literally drives all the media attention or a good portion of the media attention in the tournament organizations. I don't see that being a good move. Right. But the the idea and the belief that this unity existed, again, that's not something that I could ever really comment on. I could tell you what I think about it, but I'm not one of the 80 guys. I'm not there at the meetings. Who am I to say what, what goes on with all this? But the idea and what we're being led to believe is that there was a unity among people, almost like going out on strike from your employer because you want to see your workplace changed and you're supposed to go out and you're supposed to stay out for three years. You know, I'm a big believer in stuff like that. You know, a guy's got his word. A guy's got to be able to to be able to, uh, you know, put in his time with everybody else. Uh, was it a bad business decision for them to leave? Is it a great business decision for them to come back? Absolutely. In my last column, I pointed out they will they will command incredible amounts of media attention from Bass. Mm-hmm. Um, was it probably not a good thing to do as far as, uh, you know, it also goes back. I'm talking myself in circles, but sometimes you got to do what's best for you and you got to do what's best for your family. Yeah. And. You know, if that means that you're going to be able to have a better lifestyle and you're going to be able to put your kids through college and you're going to be able to provide for your family because you got to, you know, put your tail between your legs and go back, you know, that's up to you. I can't make that decision or really comment on it. I know it would be tough for me to do. Yeah. It's interesting. You see both sides of it, and and I do too. Like you said, you talk yourself in circles when you look at this. I mean, it's it's a tough call all the way around. But Brandon and uh, Gerald coming back to Bass is, um, man, that's going to be a, a, a tremendous homecoming. Uh, there's going to be, uh, like you said, a, a ton of exposure, a ton of excitement, uh, a, a lot of stuff. Let me ask you this. I mean, you might be able to answer this too, Mike. Do you, do you think some of the guys, the anglers over on the elites, are going to be like, oh, this is no good. This is crap. Oh, well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's already happened. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are, def- and, 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 you know, again, I'm, I don't think I'm speaking out of term here. There were definitely guys from current elite anglers mm-hmm. that did not want their return, you know. But at the end of the day, this was a decision, this was a uh, business decision for Bass, right? Yeah, I can see that. Sure. It's like Bob Soley showing up at the canal. It's like, damn. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I mean, there were definitely anglers, and I'm, I would never name any names, but there were a high-level elite anglers that did not want Brandon and Gerald returning, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, you, you know, so. But did, didn't um, I, I may have misheard? But did, did the anglers they voted? Uh, I, I thought I heard that correctly. That the anglers, the bass, gave the anglers the opportunity. To vote on whether or not they were going to allow this. I don't, Is that I, don't, true? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I haven't heard that either. I don't. So I, yeah, I don't, sounds like bullshit, Pete. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know well, the answer to that. I don't know the answer. To that. Think, but yeah, but I, I was going to say like, and I and I said this in the Fletcher interview. You know, let me remind everyone watching that when those guys left Bass, and I'm one of them included, the main reason we left, and Joe, you mentioned it, was to try to cause a change mm-hmm. you know a change in the current environment you know and so you know is this any different than what why we left you know if bass went and let brandon and gerald back without 
angler influence? Oh yeah. Is it any different than when when we left? And that's the mm-hmm. reason we left because we wanted to say. Right. So is this any different? You know, are they going back to the same thing? You know, that's the question. You know, the question. I mean, the whole movement happened to make the sport better for the anglers. You know, and so I don't know. I think um, one thing too. I think it's important to point out. And the first thing I thought of when I read about that, um, the last several years, again, as like fans of fishing and the fan base looking at this. The last several years, um, we've been told that you're going to have to qualify. There's no more free tickets. You're going to have to do this. It's going to get really hard to be a professional bass fisherman. Yeah. Then while those guys came back through an exemption that was a legends exemption or something like that, which I'm all for. You win Angler of the Year. You win the Classic. I don't. You could fish bass forever the way I look at it, but whatever. Um, but I'm not a competitor. But then also the fact that Major League Fishing then immediately took Thrift and Dudley in, you know, I think like you guys kind of talked about earlier in the show, you're going to see more people switching tours. I mean, this is, in my opinion, these will not be the only two people that will do this. Right. Um, And as that happens, I think all the major professional fishing tours are going to have to really either stick to their guns or just go back and call themselves invitationals again or whatever where anybody gets in that they want. Right. Because you can't just like – that doesn't do well for a guy that's 23 years old and has fished two or three years on the opens right. and he can't qualify for the elites because they only take five people out of, and I don't know the exact number, but it's very difficult to qualify for the elites yeah. out of the, or for major professional fishing tours out of the triple A stuff or whatever it may be. And he's putting in all his money and he's driving all across the country to win $1,200 and he's costing himself more money every year to fish those AAA leagues than even what they pay. And then Gerald Swindle comes strolling in, and everybody hugs him and says, "Jump on in, man! You're in." <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't, you know, they're going to have to. While they can do that to some degree, they are going to really have to start watching how they're doing that yeah. because it's just not going to go over well. Yeah, it's almost like the opposite. It's almost like. Um Major League Fishing was created to create more of a professional standard in the sport. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's created less, you know, because now, you know, guys are just being invited off a whim instead of qualifications. Well, you you also have to give them a bit of a pass, right? Because they're just starting. Right. They've got to establish the criteria. They've got to get some history. Uh, They're in flux right now. They're learning their, their business model and... And figuring things out, so um, you've got you've got to do that. But I, I think uh, you know BTC and Riz said something earlier that that is important. Like I think a lot of the anglers have to figure out where they can excel. Like like for me, I'm amazing at catching fish five pounds and up. So <laughs> I don't know that I'd survive in the MLF. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you you know what I mean like catfish. <laughs> there's certain guys tog. that tog carp. Yeah. The um, <laughs> there's certain guys that are better at big fish and better at numbers. Yeah. And you know you're gonna have some guys I think over at the MLF that 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 just have had horrible years and they're not excelling over there. Yeah. And they excel in that five fish limit and you're gonna have bass guys that 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 can switch. So it, I think you're gonna find the anglers. Fluxing, but I like your point. You you said it a couple shows ago that MLF's doing something special in that they they have a product that's completely different. It's different. 
And it's different. And they should stick with it. And they should celebrate that. And they should celebrate that and they should stick with it. It scares me to death that, you know, MLF is going to conform back to what the other circuit is. The strength of MLF is that it's different. Celebrate that, you know? Yeah, but don't you think there's certain certain, uh, minor adjustments that they can make? Oh, they can make minor adjustments, definitely. I I don't think that they're – I don't think that the format that they have right now is is – there's 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 no climactic finish. When when Edwin Evers won, what was that thing called? Red the, Breast, Crest. Yeah, when South he, Jersey Winter League. Yeah, when he won the won the Red Crest, it's like right. there's no climactic finish to that. So there's right. there's there's things I like about it. There's I I just think it, it needs to evolve somewhat. Right. Yet. Yeah. To be right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's right. a good point. That's my opinion. Let me remind everybody, if you're watching or listening right now, if you've got a question or comment for Joe, hit us up on the IM. Riz will put them through. Joe, let me ask you straight up. We're talking about BASS, MLF, FLW. MLF, FLW, sort of one and the same now. Is there room for two circuits? Because Brian DeCarpenter mentioned earlier, he thinks there is. He wants to see two separate circuits. But for this sport... To peak for this sport to get to a level of other major professional sports, is there enough room for two different leagues, two different circuits? Oh, I would think so. I was I was surprised when FLW Bass Major League Fishing when they were all going head to head to head, how many how easy it was for for everybody to fill their fields. Because um, I thought there's only so many people in the world or in the United States that could actually afford and would have the time and the money to actually fish professionally. But it appears there's a lot of people out there that could. Um, we always use the, the old analogy to get to the level of other professional sports. I don't know that fishing, bass fishing is ever going to get to the level of another sport. I'm not going to be the one that says it's not going to. Right. Um but but I don't ever see it being a you know it's never going to be a football basketball level stuff. Right. I don't even really see it truthfully being like a professional golf. I think one of the things that maybe even holds it back is the fact that it's fishing, and I think there's just that's hard for people to relate to because no matter how much bass pro bass shoves it down everybody's throat, people still think that there's some chance and luck involved in that. Right. Um, but but anyway. I think there's enough room. I don't. I I think that Major League Fishing has sometimes has a little trouble with their formatting being easy to follow for fans. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something they'll work out again. You know, everybody says it, or a lot of people say it. If they don't, it needs to be said again. It's amazing how far Major League Fishing has come, and the and the Bass Pro Tour has come in the amount of time it's been on. I mean, in in existence, it's. I never would have guessed in a million years that. A year ago, the Bass Pro Tour would have got a full season off. I would have bet the farm. But they did, and they excelled at it, and they paid all the money, and they announced newer, bigger, better things. And every time I turn on any kind of bass fishing news, I see that they're doing something else. So, you know, they're standing, you know, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. I think in time, yeah, I think there's room for two tours. As long as, you know, they get the competitors, I don't see what difference it makes. I, you know, I, I think I think there's plenty of room. And I, I, I personally like looking at a prediction, you know, years from now, I don't think the models that we see right now will still be the way they are. I don't think Major League Fishing will continue in the format that it's in. I think right. it will continue as a business and as a major tournament trail and maybe the biggest. 
but I don't think it'll run the format that it runs right now. Cause I just don't think in the long run, that's going to be accepted by the fans, gotcha. but I don't know, you know, nothing yeah. against them. They keep trying different stuff and their product's cool. They got a really cool television show. So yeah. See. Yeah. All right, Riz, what do we got coming through the IMs for Joe? A lot of people want to know, uh, Mike, and this may be something that you can't answer on the show, but maybe you can. Do you have a legacy chip for bass? A oh the the invitation? The ch- yeah, the chip to get back into the elite. Chip. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do have a chip. A chip. I have a chip. Yeah, I have you a chip. Want a in classic my... and an AOI. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding a chip in my I... pocket right now, <laughs> burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> And um, what's going to happen when the MLF um, – well, what's your opinion, everybody, the panel's opinion, on uh, how the MLF decision to somewhat go back to the five-fish format in the MLF FLW, how is that going to affect uh, them moving forward? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, they're uh, – obviously, they're, att- they're attempting uh, – they announced this new tournament the, the heavy, heavy hitters, yeah. heavy hitters, uh, and they're going to attempt their version of a five fish. Is that what that is? Can you explain that? I didn't. I don't. I, I'd be lying if I told you exactly, but it's an event where um, throughout the first, I want to say it's like four qualifiers. I thought it was the first two events. No, it's a little more than two. It's the first. I think it's five. Five. I thought it was five. Yeah, four or five events. Um, the 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 anglers that catch the biggest fish in those events. I think it's the top thirty will qualify for a heavy hitters event where it goes to a more traditional big fish style event for this heavy hitter. So so it's a cool event because it's a bonus event for us. Okay. And it's Major League Fishing's way of testing a the, new a new format. And the importance and of the importance big fish. of big fish. You know, so I guess the success of that event will dictate maybe what they do in the future, you know? Right. Yeah. To offer, you know, just an observation, it, it uh, well, it, it confuses, uh, I think, the consumer to a certain extent. Yeah. But we're just looking yeah. at it for the first time. Like, right. I, I read through it, and and um, and I was trying trying to follow it. But, uh, you know, that's one of the criticisms that we see from those guys over there is that, you know, some of their, their point system and the qualification systems are a little bit challenging to follow. And I, I hope this – to me, on the outside looking in, it seems like an, it, it's adding a little bit more clouds to the water with this process. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, I, I, I think I think it's cool to try new things until you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I look yeah. at this show. Yeah. It took us two years to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still trying new yeah. shit. We, yeah, we, better, we, we better, we better keep trying. We're, we're still, still trying. We're, <laughs> still trying. <laughs> we're still trying. All right, Joe, let me, let me, let me just hit you with this one. I'm going to go out on a limb and just straight up ask you this. Uh we asked Fletcher, and he agreed. We we asked Fletcher. We said, "Will there be more anglers that defect within the next year or two? And Fletcher said yes. And he asked the question back to me, and I said yes. It's going to happen. Um, let me ask you: Who are the next two anglers to leave Major League Fishing <laughs> yeah. to go to Bass? <laughs> I can't pick out two people and name. Come on, Joe. This is like live. You can't lie. <laughs> You're just. I mean, that would just. I might as well hang myself on no, that. No, come on. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you a couple people I think should, but that wouldn't be very nice either. Um, I think there will be more. I'm not going to give you names. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. You know, I would think some of the younger guys, without giving you exact names, I would think to look back at young guys that did really, really good the last two or three years 
that maybe won Angler of the Year mm-hmm. that didn't do super great this year and you don't see much media from? Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. Justin Lucas. <laughs> he didn't say he didn't say that. Joe didn't say that. He just. I would say those would be the guys that should really take a long, hard look at it. All right, the, the All Justin right. Lucas. But again, I try. I mean, you guys got to remember what I started with. I'm not one of those guys. That's a really tough, long road, and I'm not going to point fingers at them. They, whatever works for them, works for them. Well, if you're going to work for Ike Live, we're going to need you to start pointing fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you won't get me doing is posting stuff on Facebook that talks bad about people. All, I right, let's, let's, all right, Brian DeCarpenter, give me a zoom on this one. Since right. this game failed miserably. That game was the worst thing I've it ever was seen. The worst. <laughs> it failed miserably. Right, yeah. Since it failed miserably like with Fletcher, we're going to try it with Joe. Okay, Joe, who is Bass and who's Major League Fishing? Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader? Uh, Darth Vader is definitely Major League Fishing. Yeah! <laughs> okay, see, the game's working with Joe. Let's go to the next one. It's working. Okay, next one, Joe, is this. Who is, who's Bass? Who's MLF? Lamborghini or Smart Car? I'd say Lamborghini's Major League Fishing. Oh. Yeah, they got all the money. They get all the money. They're hot. Oh, yeah, they do, and they're flashy, and and they can kind of do whatever they want. It seems, and Bass is kind of conservative, a little bit more conservative the way that they're handling their business yes. model. Like, yes, but who's smarter in the long run? Is the Lambo say, or the smart car? They okay. ain't been the same. Depends if you want to. You want to die young or grow old with a bunch of money? That's right. All right, next one. Well, it's too late for me to die young. We've got lion or chihuahua. Lion or Chihuahua? Uh, I'd have to say that the lion is bass. Yeah. <laughs> Mighty lion. You know, wow. people have to remember, too, when it comes to this whole industry and stuff, is that regardless of what you read, you know, Bassmaster really controls a lot of the industry and in the, in a, in a huge amount of the media. Um, they're a very, very good business that's well-established, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're a tough – they're a tough nut to crack. I mean, they're they're not going anywhere. So yeah, they've done a great job this year bouncing back. They, they're sticking to their game. Yeah, yes, they did. I think they did a good job. All right, last two. We've got megalodon shark, now extinct, or the common fathead minnow. <laughs> oh God. Fathead minnow. Yeah, fathead minnow. Yeah, fathead. <laughs> now remember, not great white shark, megalodon shark. That's extinction. You put the extinction thing in there on purpose. <laughs> like a trap. <laughs> Fishing you the don't shark. Have to answer. All right, we'll pass. We'll do a pass for that one. It's been All extreme. Right. That's the pass, and we're going for the grand finale. You do have to answer this one. Last but not least, drum roll, Brian the Carpenter. <laughs> David or Goliath. I can't believe I'm playing this game, really. It's a god-awful game. First segment and the fact that I'm now doing it. Um, Well, you have to say that Goliath is bass and that David is Major League Fishing. You have to say that. Wow. Wow. There you go. I can see that one. I mean, it doesn't fit any. I think all correct. Maybe. I don't know. Lamborghini was a tough question. It was a tough one. Those were Joe's opinions. Yes. that's correct. And I like it. I like it too. You know, one other thing too, guys, that I want to, that I always think about whenever we think about the professional bass fishing industry and the way that everything is and how it's changing and all the evolution recently, it really does show you the genius behind the people that really started the whole thing. 
you know, and, and, and Ray Scott's really credited with that. The fact that, you know, a few, whether it was just him or some people early on, that they can lay all this out and draw the basic blueprint for this. Yeah. And then 50 some years later, it's basically the same. And now there's big, this big battle to try and, you know, change it and do all these different things. I think a lot of what really, from what I'm seeing from my standpoint, what, what the big change was and the big problem was is that, you know, the anglers didn't have a say. I don't, I don't know. You guys would know better than me. Mike, you would know. Does it really matter if you fish for five fish or if you fish for 50 fish? Does it really matter if you, you know, all the different things? What really matters is that the organization is run the way you want it to be run, that your voice is heard, that you can invest in your business and get a good return, and that you can grow your fan base. Yeah. The rest of it, I think, probably doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Yeah. But, you know, something needed to be done according to the anglers, so they did it. But it just – I still I, – I think back and I think that there was literally people in place 50 years ago that said, let's try this thing where we all go out and catch bass and we're going to have a limit and we're going to add them up and wait and we're going to do – and it's like the same thing. And here we are and that worked. It's well, crazy. Well, I mean, it, a, it, it is the same sort of – if you remember those early ones, oh, they, had them straight. they were weighing in fish in coffee cans. You know, uh, they, were, awesome. they were weighing an eight inch bass and, and yeah, unlimited well, I mean, limits. they had 15 fish limits too early on and that got yeah. changed. And then they went and there was all these adaptations. But the whole thing about, you know, like guys fishing on the lake and somebody said, I can catch more than you. And they said, yeah. prove it. Yeah. And then here we are 50 years later. And it's almost the same thing. Yeah. You know? it really speaks to, to the sport being, you know, right off the bat, really being pretty cool. Pretty yeah. awesome. That's pretty amazing. We love, we love that part. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. All right, Joe, we're going to let you go here in a second, but I do have to ask you this one last big question, and it's it's something I actually thought about a lot myself, and I, I definitely want to get your opinion on it. Um, I don't care what side you're taking you know, right now, what side you've taken already, whether you think Major League Fishing is the best thing to happen since sliced bread or you think it's the devil, if you think bass is great or you think bass is you know, the enemy, whatever your thoughts are, when we look back on what's happened in the last year, when we look back on this 15, 20 years from now, will will this have been the single most important thing that's ever happened in tournament fishing to change the culture of fishing? You mean Fletcher's comments? <laughs> they were kind of petty. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean the movement, the 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 decision of these eighty to go fish major league fishing. If in, you know, even if it if if it comes all back around and the guys all end up fishing back at bass, will have it still been the best best thing that's ever happened? Is it the most important well, thing that's ever happened? I don't know because. Um, what you just said there kind of makes it feel a little weighted because if 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 it goes away, then you'll look back at it like, um, um, what was that league that they tried where the guys boat raced for right. half the time, and then what was that called? Use W. What oh, was it? You fished that? Did, did you fish no, that? No, and I, I was around at that time. But that was right on the front the side of when I got involved. Yeah. Was yeah. that a championship fishing? Yeah. Okay, so so for people that don't know, they actually had a thing where Bass put together, I think Bass put together, but where the big pros, the, the Mark Davises and Dean Rojas and all this, 
they would go out and and uh, fish for half the time, and the other half there was an obstacle course where you raced boats. They were racing, yeah. yeah. And they said, "This is going to be our way into like NASCAR. This is how we're going to do this. We're going to do the boat racing because bass boats are so cool and fast, and we're going to put it in with tournaments." And it flopped miserably. Yeah. So, um, you know, this obviously will never be viewed like that, but. There were some pretty big things that happened to the sport, you know, when they first started doing like indoor weigh-ins. That was a really big thing. Um, the formation of, of FLW in the late 90s, 96, 97, and all that, mm-hmm. FLW really did completely change the sport when they started that, you know, big money, big payouts, big money. giant yeah. payouts, that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think this will obviously be up there at least with FLW's formation. Uh, how it'll be in years to come, whether it'll be viewed as the biggest thing. I, I kind of hope it's not, you know, because I hope that there's every 10 years or something, some big shakeup that maybe gives our sport more media attention and more more airplay and more involvement because that's that's the best way to grow it. And really the whole thing is, you know, we have to continue to grow fishing. That's that's a big thing. So, yeah. so young kids that are into a more – aggressive, you know, different kind of lifestyle thing, like guys like Fletcher and like things like Major League Fishing, I say go for it. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's that's the number one thing is we have to keep people fishing and let people see that fishing is such a good outlet. It's a really good family sport and it's a really good thing to do. And, and um, um, I think we'll continue to see the evolution of bass. And I, th- I think – Years down the road, when we're done talking about this, I think Major League Fishing and Bassmaster will both still exist. So yeah. I think um, I think this could be the biggest thing ever in the sport. I think you're right. And I, I like that, uh, Joe, you hit on the point that we did at the end of the last segment, which is let's focus on growing the sport. Let's – you know what I mean? Let's let's yeah. keep our head. Let's, let's focus on growing the sport, pushing it out to new people, getting kids involved. That's the most important. I think it starts at the top. Starts at the top. I think it does. I think it starts with the uh, with the wizards hiding behind the Oz curtain, pulling the strings. I think that's where a lot of the divisive negativity between the two leagues starts, and it yeah. filters down to the fans. Okay. Well, you know they're wa- you know they're watching right now, Brian. So you want to just tell them directly? Well, I think I just did. Okay. There you have it. Stop being creepy. Stop being creepy, guys. Dirty old wizards hiding behind your Oz curtain. There you have it. Dirty old <laughs> wizards. Off. Knock it off. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Uh, Joe, can't thank you enough for coming on the show again. Listen to me. uh, If you're watching right now, please go over and follow Joe's articles on Bass Fan. Yes. They're unbelievable. Uh, Please check them out. Joe, we appreciate you so much for coming on tonight. I even throw an old-fashioned fishing story in there every now and then just to give everybody time to breathe. And um, I think I might make one this week with my dad, so that'll be really cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we'll look for that one. Me, this is the greatest thing. I just love doing stuff like this. I like when people listen to me, yes. um, you know, and I don't have enough people listening to me. So uh, thank <laughs> you guys for listening to me and sharing my thoughts with uh, with your viewers. It's a great show. You do a great job, man. I got to hand it to you. Ike and Ellie, you got an empire. You are the man. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Joe Baylog, everybody. Thanks, Joe. All right. Joe. It's awesome, man. I love it. Uh, great insight. Mm-hmm. Great insight. And and it's it's. I love how Joe and we didn't even prompt it. He ended it the same way we ended the last segment, which is Brian Carpenter. Dirty old wizards. Oz Get Curtin. your head out of your ass and, and concentrate <laughs> on the positives. Grow the sport. Yep. Forget about all this other shit. I think th- I think this needed to be, happen tonight though too. This is a big I know show. a lot a lot of comments were like, oh, you know, you're you're promoting the controversy. No, well, maybe, but. Fletcher needed the opportunity because to to 
explain himself. Absolutely. And then there was a bigger reason behind that, and that was to talk about the fact that talk you know, about open yes. up the conversation because again, the bigger point is you know let's stop being so divisive. Yes. Mm -hmm. Agree. And, and yeah, you know, and again, I believe that stuff starts at the top, and and works its way down to the fans, and you know. Yep. And on and on. I agree. Uh, Man, it's, what a show, Pete. A mega show. It's turned into a mega show. Yeah, Riz, what do you got? I got one question that keeps coming up on the message board, and it's for you, Mike. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. Jerry from New Hampshire wants to know that, or know if you will use any of the old lures that you got in Uncle Don's most oh. recent tackle box acquisition oh, from the God. flea market. Will you use any of those on tour? Yeah, so Jerry, let me tell you, that box was unbelievable. When he brought it over, it was like right on Thanksgiving. Dude, it was unbelievable. Like he told me, he's like, "You got to see this." And it was an old, it was actually an old flambeau. And I like, it had two latches, dude. And I cracked it open, and it had three sides on either side yeah, that folded oh, out. Yeah. And as I opened it, ask back. As I opened it, dude, you could smell. It smelled like old fishing <laughs> stuff. It was like the, that uh, the suitcase from from Pulp Fiction. Was it just gold? Oh yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> uh, the light came out, but dude, it was so cool to see that stuff in there. And there is stuff in there that I will never use that I want to leave in there that mm -hmm. you'll probably see in a case up here. Some of the old, like, lazy ikes and old wooden lures, you know, like that stuff. But absolutely 100%, all those old wiggle warts, they're going to my box, uh, dude. Yeah. All the old wiggle warts and maybe a few of those old pose. Is that box here at box. your house? The box is here. Okay, so here. next yeah. Sunday night we have a Bass University Live. Yeah. And we're going to be giving away this tackle box. No! Hell no! <laughs> hell no! To the fifth caller. Hell no! <laughs> hell no! Can we can we can we look at some yeah. of the stuff? Oh on yeah, the show? yeah, let's bring it out. That'd be cool. Mike, yeah, I'm so what... excited. Yeah. Took out his champagne glass. What? Wow! You got so excited. Oh, did I? Oh, that's right. I did. I got so excited. I I knocked the glass <laughs> over. Yeah, that's right. Ah, well, hey. Yeah. This what do you guys? That happens. Yes. So I will use the wiggle warts on that. So thank you for that question. Uh, Brian Carpenter, Carpenter. Yes, it's been a it. great show so far. Yes. Fletcher Shryock, Joe Baylog, with great insight into the sport. Listen, we're going to do one more commercial break. Brian, when we come back, the third and final segment, it's going to be a short one. We're going to do a mystery tackle box unboxing. Yes. We're going to take a few callers. We're going to give away this amazing Ike Live gift bag. <laughs> And then we're going to call the show, maybe like a 30-minute segment. And we, so, have, we have that final interview that we recorded from and we have Friday. That, and that we have a great interview we're going to exit with from uh, Dimitri from the Fisherman's Fishing Planet. Yep. So hang in there with us. When we come back, one last segment. Open phone Mike lines, Live. baby. Let's hear and it. And open phone lines. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back. Like, you good, man? You know we're doing a video right now, right? I'm about to go down there and tackle that dude. Hey there, Fisher World. What's shaking fat cat dude and coming at you? Listen, let's talk about something very important. And I'm not talking about Jack and Jaws ripping lips 2455 and Big Belly Kelly out of a brush pile. I found Primal Urge Foods. Ladies and gentlemen, what Primal Urge Foods is, it is a monthly meat stick box month. Every month you get a box of meat sticks to your door. Retail is probably, I don't know, $30, $40, a month. Now, you can pick many different varieties. You can pick a surprise box. You get a little bit of this, you get a little bit of that. You get some 24, 55, and 54. No, we don't like antibiotics. No antibiotics. And these right here, completely, completely eagle-free. Now, the gas stations B6 you buy probably have eagle in them. They have rhinoceros in them. But we are Americans. America! 
We're not eating bald eagles in our meat sticks. Guaranteed, none of these meat sticks have bald eagle in them. That's the number one reason to buy these meat sticks. You want to get granddaddy a gift? Hey, I, you're dating a girl. Ooh, she fine as muscadine wine. And you want to warm up her hair? Tell you, I'm getting excited talking about women. I forget. I forget what it's. Prime Allurge, fourteen ninety five a month. Monthly meat box subscription. It could be called a uh, bombs, bombs box of meat sticks. <laughs> you just do like I do, and every month the box shows up, and I don't know what's going to be in it, but they're all delicious. The meat right there. That is, I, I tell you what, that's something good right there. It's girthy. It's Fat Cat Newton, Prime Allurge Foods. Please, Ike Live is the code, guys. Ike Live, Ike Live is the code. Okay, Prime Allurge Foods, Ike Live. There's a code. It gets you five dollars off a box. Okay. Hey everybody, Mike Iaconelli here. I love fishing this time of the year. It's cold. It's winter. It's snowing. But if you want to prevent the buildup of ice, use real snot. Every time I'm fishing this time of the year, I put a couple squirts on all my guides, especially the tip, before I start casting. Try that tip when you're fishing under these cold conditions and you're going to catch more fish. See you later. There's a special place in our hearts for the tools of the trade. They're what we prep for a good day on the water. They're what we clean after a good day in the field. Flambeau's patented Z-Rust technology protects the gear of today from rust and corrosion. Z-Rust for the performance of tomorrow. Preserve. Perform. Repeat. You work hard to catch your fish. TH Marine has two products to ensure your fish survive. The Oxygenator injects 100% pure oxygen into your live well. That increases fish survival by 35%. For the perfect combo, add G-Juice live well treatment. It calms fish, stops bleeding, removes ammonia, and replaces slime coat. Get an Oxygenator and G-Juice and keep your fish alive.